Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, uh, just a couple of minutes left. I'm looking at some of these odds I'm from betonline.ag for these matches that I've been talking about, the Villa, Everton, United, Liverpool, and Newcastle City. And, you know, Newcastle are plus 1,050 to win at home to beat the champions, the Premier League champions, Manchester City. For a game that Manchester City absolutely don't need, it's not, it's not at the Etihad. Not that there are would be any home fans there anyway. Um, I mean, Newcastle is close-ish, <laughs> ish, that you may get some City fans coming to hang out outside St. James's Park and make some noise to celebrate if they win. But I don't think so. So uh, this isn't a crazy bet. I mean, it's not a sane bet. Is there a difference, I might ask? Uh, but I, w- I would say it's not a crazy bet. It's maybe a little bit insane, but if you wanted to speculate with just a few bucks, don't, don't go crazy here. Hundred dollars will win you a thousand and fifty, or one dollar. Yeah, actually more. You may want to put some money on Newcastle at plus one thousand and fifty. Look, we've seen crazy things. I'm telling you to take the draw at plus five hundred. Maybe a little, a little squeeze on both would be a good play. Put a little bit of money on both uh, because I don't know. I just, again, the Champions League final beckons. It's never easy to go to St. James's Park. They're going to want to avoid injury. I'm sure that Pep isn't going to play his number one squad. He might put him on just to get him a run out so that they can, you know, celebrate the trophy. But again, no fans. No fans. If you're going to make a speculative bet, yeah, maybe that's the one. Newcastle at plus 1,050. Or the draw plus 500. Hope you had fun today. I know I always do on this show. Remember, if you're going to bet on sports, do it cleverly and be responsible. Make it entertainment and not a lifestyle. I'll be back with you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Until then, enjoy the football. Let's talk about the matches afterwards. Speak to you then. Cheers.
he don't like his boring job. No. Well, I like my job, and it's not boring. I love talking to you every day about football, which I do Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM. And then also at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast on Sports Overnight America, if you are up very late. We are presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And I would like to take this opportunity to welcome our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. Welcome you to the show. Such a pleasure and a privilege to have you with me. If you're listening on one of our digital platforms, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning SiriusXM app, uh, welcome to the show. And if you miss any part of the show and you're kicking yourself and you say, oh, what brilliance did Nick talk about earlier on in the show, you can download our podcast at our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. They have lots of soccer content there that you will absolutely love. Uh, trust me. Once again, we're presented by betonline.ag. Talking about betonline.ag. Let's do a little bit of match previews coming up uh, for this uh, w- this midweek. We've got matches on Thursday. We've got matches on Friday. Uh, actually, three, two matches tomorrow. One match on Friday, then, of course, Saturday and Sunday. We have a load of matches still to get to. So let's start, shall we, with tomorrow. Aston Villa are facing Everton. And this is a very important match for Everton. And I'll tell you why. Uh, It could be argued that Everton are out of the running for the top four and maybe the Europa League. Uh, It is a possibility. But they are only three points behind West Ham, who currently sit in fifth spot. And they have a game in hand. There are not that many teams that have only played 34 matches as opposed to the 35 or 36 of everybody else. Liverpool is one. Everton is another. Aston Villa is another. And those are the three teams that have 34 matches under their belt. United, 35. Of course, because that United match was postponed because of the fans' unruly behavior, and I spent a whole show talking about how ridiculous that was, they have that match to make up, which which gave them like three matches in five days or something crazy like this. But they got no one to blame but themselves, Manchester United supporters. Are you listening? But let's get back to Aston Villa Everton. So a very important game for Everton. I would suggest this is a game they absolutely cannot afford to lose. Villa, on the other hand, well, their form as of late has been not all that great. They only have one win in their last five matches. Uh, That win coming, uh, uh, actually, uh, if you're ready for this, uh, coming at Goodison Park when they beat Everton. So now they get to host Everton, and I would think that Everton are looking for some payback. That, by the way, was a 2-1 match. And if I remember correctly, the winning goal in that game was scored really late on in uh, the game. Let's have a look. Yeah, it was scored in the 80th minute. Everton giving up the late goal. Are they going to do it again? Well, Everton's form... um, Only two wins in the last five. They're coming off a big 1-0 victory away at West Ham United that kind of blew everything open. Uh, They did lose to Villa. They beat Arsenal 1-0 at the Emirates. And then they drew Tottenham 
and they drew Brighton, which was the sort of lost points that I think um, uh, Ancelotti will absolutely rue losing those points. Uh, let's take a look at what the odds makers have on this match. They have Everton as the away favorites at plus 158, Villa plus 180, Villa a better team away from home than they are home. I'm going to take Everton for the win here at plus 158. Once again, I'm going to take Everton at plus 158. The next match, an absolute must win for Liverpool Football Club. This is the match that was postponed because of the fan violence. When the fans uh, invaded Old Trafford to complain about Glazer's ownership. Yeah, that's right. The same owner with whom you've won. God knows. I don't know. What have you won? A uh, Europa League and FA Cups and etc. 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 I think I went into this ad nauseum with you on Monday about Liverpool. Uh, here we go. Uh, so let's see. They won an FA Cup. They won a League Cup. They won a Champions, uh, a Europa League. Excuse me. Uh, all since, all under the Glazers. All since Alex Ferguson, and of course under the Glazers, five titles, an FA Cup, four League Cups, a Champions League, a Europa League, a World Club Cup, plus three doubles in there. Yet you want to bitch and whine and moan about your your owner. I mean, really. Anyway, that's why they postponed the match. This is that replay. Manchester United coming off a shocking, and I, I'm going to say it right now, a match I did not predict Leicester City were going to win at Old Trafford. And I just wonder, with United's position absolutely set, they are not going to give up their Champions League spot. With the Europa League final ahead of them and the chance to add a second Europa League to the post-Ferguson era list of silverware, is their eye really on that prize? This Again, this Liverpool match tomorrow coming on the back of that Leicester City match, <clears throat> excuse me, um, which was yesterday, two days apart. I am going to favor Liverpool for this. This is an absolute must win. Liverpool been on a bit of a roll of late, despite the absolutely shocking, shocking period of time between December and March a three-month period that will go in his down in history as one of the absolute worst for the club. They have been on a roll. I don't think there's any denying that. Uh, they are unbeaten since the 15th of March. If you go back to the 7th of March, okay, uh, they are actually, they've lost only one game uh, since the beginning of March, and that was a 1-0 loss at home against Chelsea. Um so Liverpool have it all to play for. They have got to win these games in hand. They have two of them. United really have nothing to play for. Of course, they hate Liverpool and vice versa. But I'm not sure that that's enough. Plus the fatigue factor. They're going to have one eye on the Europa League final and their remaining matches. I'm going to pick Liverpool for this one. They are currently the favorites at plus 138. Uh, United plus 194. Finally, Newcastle United, Manchester City. City coming off also that shock defeat against Chelsea. How weird are Chelsea, by the way? I mean, they beat City and then they lose to Arsenal at home. <laughs> they beat City away, they lose to Arsenal at home. And of course, they have a huge match against Leicester City, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that one as we get as we get more to it. So, I don't know. Um, Steve Bruce, 
He's making lots of sounds that he might not be at Newcastle next season. They had a very big win against Leicester City, 4-2 at the King Power. Uh, they've won three of their last five despite the 2-0 victory, 2-0 uh, loss at home uh, to Arsenal, which came on the back of that 1-1 draw against Liverpool. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to take... Um, it's hard. I mean, Man City have nothing to play for, and they've got a, they got a Champions League final ahead of them. Uh, Newcastle kind of have sort of nothing to play for either. I'm actually going to go on a limit. I'm going to say this is a draw. Let's do a draw at plus 500. I'm not sure this is really all that critically important. That's the, fi that's the Friday match. So there you go. Let's recap. Thursday, you've got, I've got Everton over Villa at Villa Park. Uh, tomorrow, I have Liverpool over United at Old Trafford. And Friday, I've got uh, the draw between Manchester City and Newcastle. Steve Bruce gets more points for the Magpies. And City continue to keep the eye on the prize. Right? I mean, that is what this team was bought for. That's what the goal has been all along. The 29th of May, 29th of this, of this month, that's when the final will take place. And I know there's some discussion, will it be in Portugal or will it be in, in, in England? By the way, coming on the back of the Europa League final on the 26th. So, you know, we talk about Man United. They are two weeks away from a Europa League final. Manchester City, just, just a few days more for their Champions League final. Same thing with Chelsea. So when we look at all these, all these teams... And the ones that are established, United are established. They're not losing their Champions League spot. Manchester City have won the, have won the Premier League already. They're not going anywhere. Chelsea should be playing better than they are because they have to keep that edge on. That's why Thomas Tuchel is thanking God he has a squad where the average age is like five because these kids have more energy than anyone in their right mind should have. And by the way, what an absolute shocking goal they gave up today early on to lose that match against Arsenal. That just tells me that their eyes are at that final uh, on the, on the, uh, in May, again, end of May, against Manchester City for the Champions League. That's a sort of boneheaded mistake and a lack of concentration when your thoughts are elsewhere. So even though we only have just a few matches left in the season, it is game on. Anything could happen at this point. I still am not thinking that Liverpool are going to actually get into the top four. Despite losing to Everton, I, I still like West Ham. I, I, you know, I think they've got a very, very steady manager there in uh, David Moyes. Uh, but they have had a sort of late-season swoon. They lost against Newcastle, they lost against Chelsea, they lost against Everton, and they've only had one win in their last four games, and that was against Burnley. So this game against Brighton coming up over the weekend for West Ham United is absolutely critical. So I'm going to say this. If Liverpool win this match and West Ham lose, and Chelsea lose against Leicester City on Tuesday the 18th, which they may, may very well, because that's going to be even closer to the Champions League final, Liverpool could squeak in. It's anybody's guess. But, and I'm going to say but, in my mind, 
Are Leicester City and Chelsea going to lose their concentration? Are they going to battle each other to a draw? Which is very possible, by the way. If they do, that opens the door and Liverpool could get in. Where Liverpool have a huge advantage is that they have a much much bigger goal differential than West Ham, who are currently in fifth spot. Uh, Still not quite as much as Leicester City and Chelsea. And, you know, I think we could do a whole show on the disappointment of Liverpool's season and why that is. By the way, Virgil van Dijk saying he is not going to be playing in the Euros. So if anybody thought it was sort of cynical that he was sitting out the rest of the season while he recovers, I think you're seeing there's no cynicism there. He is going to stay off the pitch and continue his rehab so he can be strong for his club when he comes back next season. All right, those are my picks for matches Thursday and Friday. I'm saying take Everton over Villa, take Liverpool over United, and City-Newcastle are like a draw. This is World Soccer Radio. If you missed any of my picks and predictions or anything you want to listen to on this show or previous shows, check us out on our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. Uh, You can find us there along with loads of other great soccer content. All right, I am going to take a break. In the meantime, Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. And once again, I hope you will join me at pokerwithed.com on the 12th of June on Saturday, the 12th of June, as I host the Ed Asner uh, and Friends Celebrity Poker Tournament along with Maria Ho, Phil Gordon, and myself, and loads of celebrities. I'll be right back after this. We're presented by betonline.ag. All right, welcome back to World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Eber. I hope you will have, oh, by the way, we are presented by betonline.ag. Just wanted to mention that. I hope you'll have an opportunity uh, to join me and as many of my good friends at the Ed Asner Celebrity Poker Night. Uh, really looking forward to this one. Uh, this is going to be June the 12th uh, this year. It's coming right up. We've got loads of big-name celebrities going to be joining us. And when I say big-name celebrities, I mean big-name celebrities. Uh, the I'll be your MC for the evening, and uh, the play, poker play-by-play will be join, will be uh, done by Phil Gordon, uh, my good friends Phil Gordon and Maria Ho. And uh, the beauty about it this year is it is all online with a brand new platform this year where you get to actually play poker and see and talk to the celebrities that are at the table with you through video. It's really absolutely awesome. Uh, Loads of great celebrities. I will give you the list uh, probably tomorrow or Friday when we get a more confirmed list. But uh, last year, for example, I did this uh, event and I had Jack Black with me the whole time. It was loads of fun. Really, really was absolutely. Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, this goes on. I'll come up with the na- all the names. I'll remember. I have a terrible memory for this stuff. But it was loads of fun, and I hope you'll join us this year. Anyone can play. You just got to make a small donation at the Ed Asner uh, Family Center. And so do me a favor. Go to edasnerfamilycenter.org. 
and uh, sign up for Poker with Ed on June the 12th. All right, loads of football going on as we come down to the absolute end of the season. And it is looking more and more, by the way, like Liverpool are not going to make the Champions League spots. We're going to talk about that. But let's take a whip around the league and see uh, what some of the gossip and news is about some of the other teams. Big news coming out of Crystal Palace. Uh, Roy Hodgson, Uncle Roy, his contract is expiring at the end of the season. My imagine, my, um, uh, I would imagine that they will retire him to a rest home somewhere. I'm just joking. He's, he's, he's not a young man, but he's not you know in a wheelchair. But no, I think Roy has run his course there. Lots of discussions that they're actually going to hire Frank Lampard at Crystal Palace. And that will be uh, very interesting. Uh, Barcelona looks like they are going for Bayern Munich's coach Hansi Flick. And uh, it looks like uh, Ronald Koeman's days at Barca are short. And again, if Atleti win the league, you can bet your bottom dollar that's what will happen. We were just talking about longevity of managerial uh, tenure. I think that tells you everything you want to know about clubs making some absolutely critical errors along the way. I am not a fan of just sacking your manager uh, after one season. I am not a fan of losing faith with the guy that you had faith with just, you know, just a few weeks ago, which is why, by the way, I'm not sure that Arteta should be fired from Arsenal. I think he probably will, and I'm going to tell you why in a few minutes, but let's get back to the other news. Um, Borussia Dortmund, by the way, making some very strong statements saying that Erling Braut Haaland is going to stay at the club next season. Now, I actually think there's a couple of reasons for this. I think, number one, as clubs get to uh, reestablish their finances and get back on their feet after the coronavirus shutdowns, I think the amount of money that's out available in the transfer market right now is slim or slimmer. And when you want to sign a player like Haaland, uh, you're going to need the biggest budget you can get. So I think that Borussia Dortmund are being smart and saying, you know what, we might keep him for another year and really drive his price up. Of course, the dangers here are... Number one, he doesn't have a, as successful a year this year, uh, next year, as he did this year, although I think that's unlikely. Uh, number two is that he becomes subject to some sort of really unfortunate injury, and that reduces his value. But, you know, he's a young, strong player. He hasn't shown himself to be injury-prone. Uh, and I think, overall, uh, Oliver Kahn, who is the CEO at... Um, at uh, um, Pardon me, uh, Hans-Joachim Watzka, who's the CEO of Borussia Dortmund, uh, it, it thinks that that's probably uh, a good move. Uh, so, uh, the reason I mentioned Oliver Kahn is because there's been rumors that there would be a transfer across Germany to Bayern Munich, uh, but the £85 million fee that's currently sitting on Haaland's head is clearly going to be too much even for uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, in other news, uh, Man United... Uh, cooling in their interest of Jaden Sancho, who's been a Borussia Dortmund, as you know. He was sort of one of these hot names that they were after. But there's something going on at United, by the way, who just re-signed Cavani for another season. Um, I think United are looking elsewhere, and I don't think Jaden Sancho is going to be it. They are interested in uh, Christian Romero, who's currently playing with Atalanta. He's a centre-back. Um uh, and they're also looking at, you know, because obviously they need to um, 
shore up defensively. They're not the only Premier League team who needs defensive help. So they're looking at Christian Romero. They're looking at uh, Sven Boatman, who's at Lille. They're looking at uh, Jules Koundé, who's uh, at Sevilla. Uh, those are all players that uh, they are looking at Manchester uh, United. Uh, Tottenham. Tottenham are looking for a manager, and with Harry Kane expressing a strong desire to go elsewhere, um, you know, I think it's going to become very hard to uh, attract a really, really top-name manager. Scott Parker, believe it or not, is on their shortlist. Uh, he is currently the manager of Fulham, who are getting relegated. And I just think, unless they're willing to sign Scott Parker to a... Con Look, unless they see what they really like in Scott Parker. In other words, they like his ability to connect with the players. They like his, his tactics and his strategy and his training regimen and his outlook and his attitude and his professionalism. And, and I know very little about Scott Parker as a manager other than that Fulham have been an up-and-down, up-and-down club. I think that they should only pick up a Scott Parker if they're prepared to stay with a Scott Parker and not take somebody and fire them after half a season of disappointing results. You know, Daniel Levy is, in many respects, just slightly better than Stan Kroenke. Only slightly better, I say. Not, not, not radically better, not, you know, a completely different league, not at all. And that unless you're willing to support your manager with a squad, again, Liverpool have done it, Man City have done it, Man United have done it. Unless you're willing to support your manager with the squad, don't bother. Hire Mick the Gardener. Really. Don't you, you, you're going to lay expectations that are just going to be impossible to fill. Hello, Arsenal. Maybe you should give Arteta a squad that is capable of winning and competing against uh, the, the teams at the top of the table... Uh, and not fire him. Give him the squad and see what he does. That's that's how it used to work in the old days. I mean, you, <laughs> Daniel Levy brings in Jose Mourinho and gives him a squad that really had, let's just say, three standout players. Son, Kane, Son and Harry Kane, obviously, and then bringing Gareth Bale in on loan. Although, for as wonderful as his skills are, this isn't exactly a player in his prime. And rather than addressing the issues, you fire the manager. Now, I think Mourinho got fired because he lost the locker room again and was up to his usual divide-and-conquer games. And I don't think that's fair on the players. So maybe that was the right decision. But certainly Arsenal definitely need to uh, shore up that side. Uh, there is talk of them signing Abdallah Sima from Slava Prague, who's a young Senegalese a kid, who's 19 years old. Apparently a great forward, uh, interesting to see. So... Um, despite that, Arteta wants two new fullbacks, a central midfielder, and a striker, and a goalkeeper, essentially a completely new team. Uh, they are also interested in Sheffield United's midfielder, Sander Berg, and have asked for uh, scouts for him. Uh, that may be kind of more like the profile of what they get. Do I think Arteta is going to be supported with that many top-level players? Uh, unfortunately for Mikel Arteta, uh, I do not. Um, Manchester City, uh, supposedly looking at Lucas Nemecha. Um, we'll see about that. 
And um, that is about it right now, except that Barcelona apparently trying to poach uh, Gianluigi Buffon, uh, who's now 43 years old. They're trying to poach him uh, from uh, Juventus. So there you have it. Also, one other piece of news of interest is that the Premier League is about to agree on a new three-year broadcast deal for four and a half billion pounds. That's about six billion dollars with Sky Sports, BT Sports, and are you ready for this? Amazon Prime. Getting very, very interesting. All right, that's a quick whip around the clubs and European football. Uh, the back pages, some of the stories making news today. Uh, lots of this, though, definitely directly relatable to the managerial discussion. So do you agree with me? Should Arsenal stay the course with Arteta, give him the players, see what he does, and make a move at that point? Of course, the danger then is you spend your budget on players that one manager wants, but the manager that you bring in after that manager failed may not want those players. But you know what? If you want to own a Premier League side, that is what happens, and them's the apples that you have to eat. All right, this is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Gieber. A little bit all over the place today. When we come back, let's take a look at the run-in to the end of the Premier League season. And, oh, by the way, I know I've been remiss, but Manchester City officially winning the Premier League. No surprises for anybody. A great season for them coming back after what was a slow start, no doubt, showing the intestinal fortitude. But the big question I have for you is, do they really care? Be right back after this. World Soccer Radio. Uh, no more heroes from the Stranglers. Uh, if, you, if you listen to the show, I hope you appreciate uh, the uh, bump in and out music. Try to make it music that's meaningful to me. Uh, namely music from 1854 when I was a child. Uh, if you listen to my kids, uh, I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to tell you. Uh, but look, uh, baseball is underway. The MLB season fully underway. Of course, we've got all sorts of uh, basketball playoffs and the hockey playoffs and uh, to go. We've got uh, the Preakness still to come up. And we have uh, golf going on. And two small things, Champions League final, Europa League final, and still top four to play in the Premier League. And, of course, we have the Euros coming up this summer and the Olympics. So if you're worried about a summer that is maybe empty once your beloved Premier League has finished, um, don't never fear because there's loads of sports. And the NFL right around the corner, if you can believe that. I believe the first games are in September, but the uh, official schedule will be announced this week so if you want to bet on sports don't worry there's loads of sports to bet on and if you'd like to bet on sports no better place than betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts experts they have everything you might want money lines uh prop bets uh, you name it they've got it betonline.ag the complete package and right now if you go over there and sign up They'll give you a 50% bonus on your first deposit. You heard me right. A 50% bonus on your first deposit right now at betonline.ag. If you're going to bet on sports, and it is a lot of fun, and I do bet on sports, in case you're wondering, uh, just do it responsibly, okay? Make it a little bit of... Uh, make it a little bit of your uh, entertainment dollars and not your lifestyle. By the way, 
Uh, how about this one? Atletico Madrid are just two victories away from a La Liga title. And, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot on the show are the cycles of sports, but more importantly, really, the cycle of football because it changes so much over time. I mean, we've talked about how if you went back to the beginning of the Premier League era, Man City weren't even in the equation. Man City were never really or haven't really been a big club until the new ownership arrived. Chelsea Football Club, always a big name for sure, sort of a preeminent London club, but well-funded, winning all the time, established, no. Chelsea's had its ups and downs. It was Roman Abramovich that came in and saved them from bankruptcy. When we look at the big six, quote-unquote, in the Premier League, they weren't always the big six. I mean, Man United, surely, of course, you know, in terms of the Premier League era, dominant. At least until Sir Alex Ferguson left. And then, like all clubs, I don't care what sport it is, what country it's in, when you have a manager or an owner or somebody that is so completely, becomes so completely identified with the club, and their successes, that when that person leaves, there's always trouble. I mean, look at UCLA when John Wooden left. Look at Liverpool when Shankly left. Okay, then it went to Paisley, fair enough. What about when Paisley left? And the Dalglish area, and that, that, that was it. It was sort of downhill ever since then, right? Until got the stability, the new ownership, and yeah, Liverpool have always done well in Europe, there's no doubt, and they have threatened, but they've won the Premier League one time. A team that was so entirely dominant in English football took decades plus to recover from the management change. Arsenal Football Club, Arsene Wenger, a legend, a man who imprinted. And by the way, it doesn't necessarily have to equate to sort of the sort of success that Alex Ferguson had. Arsene Wenger had a lot of success at Arsenal. Did he have um, Alex Ferguson-like success at Arsenal? No. Did he have good success at Arsenal? Yes. Did he imprint himself, his image, his system, his belief, his philosophy from top to bottom in the club? Absolutely, down to the logos in the plates, in the china, in the mess hall, in the dinner hall. Same thing with Alex Ferguson. You know, same thing with Liverpool and the sort of boot room and the Shankly and the, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, and the uh, uh, moving on. And it took really Gerard Houllier to sort of sprinkle some of that success back in the club. And is it then a surprise that you look at, for example, Arsenal... You look at Manchester United, who are now now back in the success seat, let's just say, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after losing their great legendary manager. I mean, a legendary manager, of course, is, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't really know. And I don't really know what to say. I mean, Alex Ferguson is probably one of the most uh, storied and successful managers in football history. But again, you can go to other clubs like Liverpool, Bob, Play Bob Paisley, Joe Fagan, Kelly Kenny Dalglish. Then, then, 
the absolute sort of self-destruction, Graham Sunis and Roy Evans. It took Gerard Houllier coming in. Between uh, almost the entire 90s, Liverpool were, uh, I would say, a disaster, but you know they were a shadow of their former selves. It took Houllier, it took Benitez, and finally getting a manager like Jurgen Klopp and of course, in between you had Hodgson and Dalgleish and Brendan Rodgers. And, uh, so the point I'm making here is that any time a successful club, a quote-unquote big club or a small club, that has had success under a manager, when that integral part of the framework leaves, there is going to be an awful lot of turmoil. Now, did the Glazers make a big mistake when they let David Moyes go? Absolutely. I'm going to tell you right now, that was a massive, massive mistake from the Glazers. They were expecting the Glazers, uh, they were expecting um, a complete seamless transition from Alex Ferguson to David Moyes. One Scotsman to another, no change, same squad. Of course, one of the reasons that Alex Ferguson chose that time to retire was the fact that I think he looked at that squad and said, you know, it's kind of like this squad completely needs to be rebuilt. We're aging out. We're at the end of the cycle. And he, I, he didn't have the rotations left in him to see Manchester United through a new cycle. So they got a manager in David Moyes, who'd been at Everton for the long haul, who always took a long view to everything. He was the perfect fit. They bring him in, and when he has a hard season, they fire him. And then they go on that managerial merry-go-round. And, and this is not a finger-pointing or a, in some way, you know, saying stupid you to the Glazers. Every club has done this. Loads and loads of clubs have done this. It finally took United keeping faith with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to start climbing back up the ladder of success and they're not there yet yeah they're in the Europa League final absolutely and that's huge for them and yes they are currently second in the league but that success is is hard earned and it's the same thing with Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp and it was the same thing at Arsenal when they got rid of Unai Emery was that a mistake? I mean, is Mikel Arteta really the guy at Arsenal? What do you think? I, you know, I, listen, I have nothing against uh, Mikel Arteta. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I have nothing against him. I really, uh, 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 as a club, really don't have anything against um, Arteta either. But look, Wenger left in 18. We're now 21. In three years, they had Unai Emery. For a year, they had Freddie Lundberg to kind of finish out the year, and now they've had Arteta for 77 games. Almost as many games as Unai Emery. Their win rate, guess what, folks? It is 51% under Arteta. It was 55% under Emery. And yes, Arsenal won the FA Cup in the Community Shield in 2019. Yes, absolutely get that. But let's pick it up on the other side of the break because I'm just about out of time. How it flies when you're having fun here at World Soccer Radio. Uh, 
Sato. Welcome to the show, World Soccer Radio, here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Ebert. It is great to be with you as we count down now towards the end of the Premier League season. It is, well, I don't know. I think it's a lot closer than we might think. It is three games for some. It's two games for others. It's uh, four games uh, for a few. It is really coming uh, hot and heavy, I think, is probably the only way really to put it. But we're going to talk about it today. Let's look at some of the results. Another very, very, very disappointing um, outing, by the way, I might say, uh, for Chelsea. I know, I say another. I mean, they had a great win against um, uh, in the semifinals of the Champions League. Uh, they had a wonderful win against Manchester City, coming off the backs of wins against Fulham, West Ham. But then they come up against Arsenal today, and uh, they lose. Uh, and it's an important loss because it puts Chelsea in fourth spot now in the uh, having to defend, shall we say, their top four position, which they more than likely will do. But let's look at it. Let's look at who's left, who's got matches still to play. Liverpool with 34, four matches still to go. A big, huge match tomorrow against Manchester United. Uh, we're going to take a look at the odds and give you some betting tips. By the way, want to welcome to the show all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. It's great to have you with me as I am with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast for all you early birds listening on sports overnight america we're also on iho itunes itunes iHeartRadio, itunes the award-winning sirius xm app iHeartRadio. i did say that one already right tune in that's the one i forgot and if our podcast is at the believe podcast network i don't know why i'm all over myself today probably that chelsea arsenal result was a bit of a shock with the london derby all right let's get to it when we come back let's talk premier league football let's talk arsenal football club uh did this win today possibly give Mikel arteta the type of job security that i'm not really sure he's earned let's talk about it when we come back find me on twitter at nikiba n-i-c-k-g-e-b-e-r facebook facebook.com forward slash world soccer radio this is world soccer radio i'm nick Gieber, and i will be right back after this for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 